Welcome to our Radio Bible Course study of the book of Hebrews. We're in chapter 2, where we have encountered the first of five warnings in this book, warnings aimed at people who might think they have believed in Jesus Christ, but perhaps who have not. Now I'm reading from chapter 2, verse 1, in the New International Version this time. It reads, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape, if we ignore such a great salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Now I mentioned this is the first of five warnings. Another one begins at chapter 3, verse 7, where the writer says, So as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert, when your fathers tested and tried me, and for forty years saw what I did. That is why I was angry with that generation, and I said their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Well, that warning continues through chapter 4, verse 14. Then there is another warning in chapter 5, beginning with verse 11, and it covers a good bit of chapter 6. And then we have a familiar warning that comes in Hebrews chapter 10, and I think you all have heard of this one. It begins with verse 26. It reads, If we deliberately sin after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin remains, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Well, that continues on for five verses. And then finally in chapter 12, Verse 25, the writer gives this warning. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Well, we don't want to spend any time on those now because we will be coming to them by and by, and then we'll deal with those problem passages. Now, in verse 3 of chapter 2 of Hebrews, the writer says that the message was declared first by the Lord, and here he is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. Did Jesus deliver a message, first of all, that we need to pay attention to? Well, yes, he did. Most of his ministry was to the Jews, of course, but in those messages to the Jews, he began to explain that he himself was the one God had sent, and that he was speaking for God. And while the content of the message to the Jews 
might be quite different from the content of the message given to Christians through the apostles after the Holy Spirit inspired them, even though there's a difference, it is still the word of God. The writer to the Hebrews is telling us that the message from God was declared at first by the Lord. And in Luke chapter 4, we see an example of that. It tells us in verse 16, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are downtrodden, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Well, that's one place in Luke where the message was first preached by our Lord, but again there was a message preached at the end of the Gospel of Luke in chapter 24. The occasion is a post-resurrection of Jesus. He is with his disciples. And in verse 44 of Luke 24, it reads, Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. Here Jesus explained the Messiah's suffering and death in fulfillment of God's plan. These men were bewildered because their Savior had been taken from them, the one they thought would become the king. They were disappointed. But now Jesus is bringing the message from heaven. It's a message that was given first to the prophets in the Old Testament, and he is recalling that the things that happened to him during the past week, which led to his being beaten, crucified, and killed, were all prophesied ahead of time, so they should not be concerned. It's simply the fulfillment of God's plan. Now we come back to Hebrews chapter 2. He writes, It was declared at first by the Lord, and was attested to us by those who heard him. Well, it was confirmed by the apostles. They were the ones who heard him. And if we go to the book of Acts, we have example after example of how they confirmed the word which Jesus first began to teach. Peter was one of those, and in Acts 2, verse 36, he said, Let all the house of Israel therefore know assuredly that God has made him Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Later, in Acts chapter 10, Peter told the Gentiles, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name whoever believes in him shall receive remission of sins. Paul and Silas 
when they were on their missionary journey and were imprisoned, that is, on the second journey, said to the jailer following an earthquake, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. Well, that was no different from Paul's preaching on the first journey when he went to Antioch and went into the synagogue. He, too, was expressing the message of salvation which Jesus Christ first began to preach. Now listen to what Paul said in the synagogue in Acts chapter 13, beginning with verse 38. Therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through him forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you, and through him everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. Now all these passages by the apostles express what the writer referred to in verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 2 when he said, So great salvation. Why does the writer to the Hebrews describe the message brought by Christ and the apostles as such a great salvation? Well, first of all, it expressed in very clear words the principle that salvation is of the Lord. He designed it, he planned it, and he sent the Son from heaven to accomplish it. This, of course, contradicts what most people think. They think they have to save themselves by their behavior or by their deeds. But the Bible never allows a person to conclude that. The Son from heaven came and he accomplished salvation. Jesus, the Son, preached it and he finished it. And on the cross before he died, his last words were, It is finished, or it is fulfilled. Everything necessary to save every man and woman in the world had been accomplished because Jesus paid what the law demanded in full. The law demanded the death of the sinner. I deserved death, but Christ came and took my death for me. Therefore I am free, and the debt is fully paid. Now it's such a great salvation also, because it set forth the great principle of righteousness through faith. That means that God would declare a person righteous in spite of his wickedness if he would believe God. Now, that is not a new teaching. That is a teaching that comes right out of the book of Genesis, chapter 15, where Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him for righteousness. And it's the same message when he said, The just shall live by faith. It's the message that Paul the Apostle preached, that faith, apart from works, leads to salvation. Years ago, when I taught Bible classes, I put on the board the word faith and put a plus sign after it and said this, Faith plus what equals salvation? And then I inserted a zero. Faith plus zero equals salvation. That meant that there was nothing except faith that resulted in salvation. The faith, of course, must be directed to the one who saves, and the one who saves is Jesus Christ. And when a person puts all his confidence, all his trust and faith 
in what Jesus Christ did and who he is, he has salvation. There's no doubt about it then. And a person need not then pray for mercy. He need not ask God to bring him to heaven because the promise of God is sure. We shouldn't be praying doubters' prayers by asking God to have mercy on us when he has already shown mercy by sending his son and having him sacrificed and killed on our behalf. That's mercy. And God also demonstrated his love by sending the son. God wanted to save mankind, and he did it this way. What this amounts to is that God is looking for people who would dare to believe him, not as we think to work for him. Salvation is of the Lord. It comes by grace, through faith. The Radio Bible Course believes that the Word of God is the chief means of building up Christians in the faith. Peter wrote this, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. In keeping with this exhortation, we have developed a method for you to feed on God's Word effectively. It's called the Bible Teaching Memory Program. It consists of small cards printed with the most critical passages in the Bible, along with instructions on how to succeed in memorizing the Word of God. We would like to help you to get started on a program of Scripture memory by sending the first set of 16 verse cards. The Radio Bible Course would like to hear from you, and if you are blessed by this broadcast, tell a friend. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.